0: From 99.9 The Fan, this is The Drive with Tim Donnelly. Sponsored by Coach Pete at Capital Financial Advisory Group. Visit us at CapitalFinancialUSA.com.
1: What time is it? Four of a kind. Let's get it. This one's going to be inspired by the Charlotte Hornets getting the second pick in the NBA draft. It's tough not getting first. Do not like finishing second. But hey, you know what? Sometimes being second place isn't all that bad, Dennis Cox. No. So we're going to go back and forth. Our top four seconds, if you will. Okay. I'll I'll leave it at that. Be as vague, as broad as you want. Uh, Would you like me to go first, Dennis? Absolutely. I want you to go first. Okay. I'm going to go with an easy choice here. We're going to stick with the NBA. Top second picks. Oh, okay. I'm going to go Kevin Durant. All right. 2007 NBA draft. Second pick behind Greg Oden. Kevin Durant. Yeah, how'd that work out? I Listen, no, I I love it Greg drafted Oden. by who I the, the, the Seattle SuperSonics. I know, which is wild. I it feels like ages ago, but here we are. Um, you know, I I do not I love Greg Oden. I think he's great. Injuries they hurt you, both figuratively yes, and li- and literally. Uh, so that's my number one. Which, what you got, Dennis?
2: All right, my number one, I got to go everyone's favorite player on a football team, the second-string quarterback. Oh, Everyone good. loves the second-string quarterback yeah. because if, you know,
1: that guy's great. Yeah. Our second-string quarterback is great. And I'll say this, too. The second-string quarterback might be the best position to be on an entire football team. Yes. Looking at what's his name, uh, What's it Chad Henney, just retired, the Chiefs? Yeah. Yeah, this, this offseason made a lot of money being the backup. Um, Chase Daniel, Chase second Daniel. string
2: quarterback for forever um, across the league.
1: Uh, Charlie Whitehurst, right? Is that his name? Clipboard Jesus? Was that? Was it? No, man. I'm thinking of the Notre Dame coach. Either way, Clipboard Jesus. Yeah, yeah That's he was, Chase Daniel, I think. Well, no, no, no. Chase Daniel was a different one. Clipboard Jesus was the other like perennial backup quarterback. Let I don't know. know if Jim
2: Sorgi was the backup for Peyton Manning all the time. And,
1: there are so many. And, and to me, the the level of like your football fandom comes down to how much you know or identify with. Your team's backup quarterback. That's a fair point. I I think it's critical.
2: So that's my first one. My second one here. Second breakfast. Second breakfast. Everyone loves second breakfast. Time for second it's breakfast. Time for second breakfast.
1: Shout out to shout out to Bilbo Baggins and all my hobbitses out there.
2: Yeah, the second breakfast. You know what's great? If I wake up early in the morning, and I eat an early breakfast. When it's nine o'clock rolls around a second breakfast. See, I, I feel like... I like a second
1: breakfast. I was just having this conversation with my girlfriend this morning. I think that I like a lighter, simpler breakfast early on, and then if it gets like 11 o'clock, like we're that brunch time, yeah. let me get something a little more complex. Something a little heavier. Okay. Second breakfast. Second I like breakfast. That's a good pick. Thank you. Um, I'm going to go with the condiments you don't normally associate with this kind of branding of compliment, or condiment. Mm-hmm. Mustards, but not not yellow mustard, the number one. Spicy brown mustard, the okay. number two. I That, to me, is the A. I think it's the uh, superior condiment for your hot dog. Well, hotline. I would
2: say I'm curious how this ties into second, though.
1: Because it's, it's in my mind, okay, first, hey, I'm, I'm the one who came up with this uh, okay with I, I know, but I'm, I'm still trying it's, to make some ties here. The number one mustard that you think of is yellow mustard. The number two mustard you think of is spicy brown mustard. Okay, so it's number two, in my mind. Okay, I'm I am I am right about this. It's a good I, idea. I mean, I, mean, and I stand right. by I, it. I,
2: I see. All right, I'm I'm hearing your rationale, but okay, all right. What's your next one here?
1: My next one, number two, greatest quarterback of all time. Peyton Manning. Okay. If you're gonna, if you're gonna be number two in anything, be number two greatest quarterback of all time. Peyton Manning. A lot of the success you're seeing the uh, the commercial and, and all the different kind of avenues he's taken his career with the entertainment, all that kind of different stuff, Omaha Productions and stuff like that. I will take Peyton Manning's career any day, Peyton Manning.
2: Okay. All right. Uh, I'm going to go with my next one here. The phrase of "Hey, just give me two seconds. Uh-huh. I just need two seconds. I just need two. All I need is just two seconds. Two seconds of your time. All right. I, you know, I'll get to you in about two seconds.
1: Because it's never two seconds. It's
2: never two seconds.
1: So you're you're doing you're doing more with less. Is exactly. what you're telling me.
2: And then my final one here on my number four four of four-of-a-kind seconds. People who aren't juniors but are the second. Like myself, Luis Fernandez. (laughs) Dennis Cox, the second. Not Dennis Cox, (laughs) junior. Dennis Cox, the second. Like one of my favorite players in the NFL, Patrick Sertan, the The
1: second. second. I like it. Because he's not a junior. He's the second. So for all of you who don't know... I am Luis Fernandez Jr. Oh, I'm sorry. To did hear you not that. know
2: that, Dennis? I did not know
1: that. Oh, this is perfect. But I'm
2: sorry to hear that.
1: I know. Listen. The seconds are better. Anytime you throw Roman numerals into a name, I think it's it just is more, we're more fun. We're more distinct. Lonnie Walker, the fourth. He's got the IV on his yeah. jersey. That's a prime example. That's fantastic. I love that. I think so, that's yeah, solid. The second.
2: What's I'm gonna, your final one?
1: I'm going to stick with athletics on this one since I brought in the spicy brown mustard take already. Okay. Uh, I'm going to go with the number two in terms of all-time Super Bowl wins. You know who that is? Second all-time Super Bowl wins franchise-wise? No, just as a a player, an individual player. Oh, as an individual player. You got Tom Brady at, what, seven? Yeah. And then you have a bunch of people at four, and there's one player with five. It's got to be a former Patriot player, doesn't it? No, incorrect. No? I want you to think older. They were involved with two is the absolutely dominant franchises in the 90s, 80s and 90s.
2: Dion? Not done. Dion. Dion? Who was it?
1: Charles Haley.
2: Oh, Charles Haley, that's right, with the uh, San Francisco and Dallas. Two,
1: two with the 49ers and three with the Cowboys. That's right. If you are going to finish second in terms of all-time championships, Charles Haley at five, I'll take it. That works for me. Okay. Second all-time. There you go. I didn't know you were a junior. I, I am, yeah. My my dad is, is Luis Fernandez. No middle name on either one of us.
2: Wait, you don't have a middle? name? I don't have a
1: middle name. No, it's just Luis How? Fernandez Jr. Okay, but I,
2: now, now I'm curious. Okay, now I'm really curious. We well, get to sign legal documents, and they have to like put
1: your middle oh initial. My, put your middle initial. Don't even get me started. No, I'm getting
2: you started on this right now. You brought up the fact you don't have a
1: middle name. I'm getting you started on this. It's okay. No, it's so frustrating because oftentimes not well, it's not only are you dealing with the situation of okay, what's your middle name? What's your middle name? You're also dealing with the fact that most places don't have a spot for you to put your suffix. They don't most applications you put on people are getting better at it, but there's not a place to put your suffix so then like the second, I usually sometimes just put it on the end of my last name so and what that's I mean that's essentially what I do, mm-hmm. but what ends up happening so it this all goes back to some uh, I say I put childhood trauma in air quotes. um so when I graduated high school, shout out to Enlo, my dad before. We, you know, I, I was getting ready to do the whole ceremony and everything. Uh-huh. He goes, you know, if they don't if they don't put junior on your diploma, if they don't say junior when you walk up there, it's my diploma. I get I get two diplomas now. Oh, okay. And I was like, ha, good one.
2: They and didn't put it on there. They didn't man. put it on there. How dare!
1: Instantly, instantly. I was like, God. like I look over, I like look over my dad, I like lock eyes with him, and he's like, uh, give me, give me. That's but, mine. That's mine. But so, once again, I leave you the question of.
2: How do you sign documents with no like they ask for a middle initial or middle I, name? I skip it. I I don't you put anything for the middle name. No, I just leave and it did, blank. Like, when you're filling out when you're filling out information online, does the thing kick back to you like we need a middle initial?
1: No, normally it doesn't because okay. a, lo- a lot of places they have the opportunity for you to do like non applicable like the N slash oh, A. Okay. On your your documents, so that's good. Um, but what throws me for a loop more is like in my last name I have to put Fernandez space Junior. And I'm always worried that I'm gonna end up getting some kind of like documentation feedback of like stuff from my dad. Like when I fill out taxes or do something like that. Mm-hmm. Every single time. Always a concern. So um if I ever have a kid, won't be Luis Fernandez the third. I'll why, tell you that much. Why not? I'm gonna give him I would give him a middle initial. You know? Because like that was another thing. Not having a middle It's called Luis Trey Fernandez. Luis Trey Fernandez. Not having a middle a middle name. It it, it led to I felt like an identity crisis when I was growing up mm-hmm. because I I didn't have any, like, nickname options. A a lot of people, they call me Lou. Okay, that's fine, but it also makes me sound like a a 70-year-old, like, plumber. You know what I mean? Maybe you are. In another life, maybe. Um, Shout out to everything, everywhere, all at once. Uh, And then, great movie. Um, But, so the other option would have been for me to go by LJ. And my life would be totally different, totally different, if I decided in elementary school to go by the name LJ.
2: LJ Fernandez.
1: I would have been a lot cooler. Wow. Wow. Never too late. Never too late. I'll think about it. At
2: WakeMed MyCare 365, we deliver convenience others only talk about. Every day of the year, primary care and urgent care under one roof. Multiple locations, virtual visits, walk-in or schedule an appointment online. From annual physicals and routine care to sinus infection, strep, or the flu, we couldn't be more convenient. Learn more about our kind of care and our
0: kind of convenience at wakemed.org.
2: To give us a little bit more of a national perspective on this series, we turn to the Heaster Automotive Group Hotline. Ken Denico, NHL Network, joining us now. Ken, I want to also go back a little bit to the, the Devils series uh, for the Carolina Hurricanes, and I just want to get your impressions from of what you saw from Carolina in that series against a speedy, fast, skilled Devil squad?
0: Well, a very experienced team. That's, uh, obviously, we always talk about experience and the importance come playoff time, and the Carolina Hurricanes been knocking on the door uh, for the last handful of years here, obviously, to be a contender, and I think that's what took over. I mean, it's a young Devils team. I mean, they made huge strides, but uh, you certainly are always – disappointed. It's gut-wrenching to lose and certainly uh, Carolina just with their pressure in all three zones for me is and they play such a, a committed system, support the puck, support each other. I mean, everywhere on the ice, it makes it tough to get quick transition and it tough to get speed through the neutral zone and, and in particular the, their defense to me is top to bottom probably the best in the National Hockey League and, and led by I've said it many times on the NHL Network, Slavin and Brent Burns are the best mm-hmm. pairing by a country mile to me. Left in the playoffs doesn't mean they're the best individually, and there's not better defensemen out there still in the final four here. But as far as a pairing, those two guys really, really lead the charge, and they got great support with Pesci and Shea playing well, and certainly Chadfield and Gostas there.
1: Ken, you you mentioned it, and it's something I've, the Canes talked about a lot in the locker room earlier this week was the speed factor that the panthers bring and we talked a lot about speed as well with the devils and we saw how that went how how do the the panthers and the devils when you look at how they play with speed how do they compare and how does that match up with what the canes like to do
0: um well to be honest with you i I think the devils are probably speedier than the florida panthers that's my opinion but having said that come playoff time when the ice shrinks the florida panthers uh, are a little more physical they have grit and and i would I would expect the, the Carolina uh, Hurricanes have to be prepared for for a little nasty in this series. I know Carolina is a physical team as well; they take the body, but Florida wants to get you, beat you up in the trenches, and that's uh, that's an area I'm very intrigued to see how that goes along the way. But Carolina is going to do what they do; they they have a system, they have every player buy in. They've they've had that for years, but they're playing it to a T right now, and I don't think they're going to change much. Cause Panthers do have speed. Uh, I'm not saying that, but tar- Florida plays a little bit of uh, what Carolina does on the four check as far as they are in your face. They're heavy, and uh, they're certainly going to get in on that Carolina defense to try to try to disrupt them. And what I said was uh, and believe is the best defense of the national hockey league. So I, I think this is a great series. This is a great matchup uh, between the Hurricanes and Panthers, and you know, I guess there's some surprises for some maybe not so much Carolina, but the only point, it might be a little bit surprised because they've done it without Sveshnikov and mm-hmm. and Taravainen, who it looks like might be back. And Pat ready? everybody's just, well, yeah, he was one of their offensive guys, but he didn't play much for them, so they kind of got accustomed playing without him. But I've been pretty amazed what they've been able to accomplish without Sveshnikov. To me, who's really the heartbeat of their team, but obviously coached by Rod Brindamore, I have nothing but respect for him. I played a long time against him, and and he pushes the right buttons, and he gets these guys highly motivated on a nightly basis, and that's what it's about. You have to be able to raise your level game to game, round to round, and and I don't think there's a coach that does it better than Rob Brynall.
2: Ken Denico, NHL Network, joining us here in the Heaster Automotive Group Hotline. Ken, the Canes have not played since Thursday of last week. From your experience in the playoffs, does that help or hurt a team? I know you get rested up physically, but – you kind of get used to that playing every other day type rhythm, and that now that's been broken, does that hurt Carolina, or do you think that maybe actually helps them a little bit?
0: Well, I, I go back to coaching. They're a well-coached team, so certainly they're going to get rest, and Brendan Moore's going to have them ready. And these guys have had some experience of understanding short rest and and a little bit of a break. And then Florida's got a few days off here as well, so I don't really look at an advantage from – Uh, From either team and that from that perspective along the way they're both rested they're both going to be hungry come out uh, like I guess you'd say grizzly bears to start this Eastern conference finals and then that's what's going to make it great a lot of times again might come to goaltending but uh, as hot if not the hottest goaltender in the National Hockey League Freddie Anderson has seemed anyway to find a little bit of rhythm here he's been healthy and uh, I think that's a good matchup as well. If you're asking me exactly what I think as far as matchups, uh, I think Florida has a slight edge offensively from, from a, uh, a goal-scoring standpoint strictly because uh, some of the guys that are out for Carolina. I think Carolina has, a, has an edge on defense, so we'll see what gives here. Yeah, But I expect a long a long tussle, and that's just my opinion and, and how I see it. But, you know, some people are saying smaller markets and different things like that. I, I think – this is as intriguing a series as any of them out there. Uh, and that includes the first round, second round, just from the standpoint, the way Florida's played and the way they came into the playoffs on a roll and the way Carolina, second in the National Hockey League in points and doing it with injuries and, and having been there in that experience. Uh, they're hungry to get back to the finals and win a Stanley Cup. So I think this is a great, great series. So uh, uh, ahead
2: of us here and, and Ken you mentioned something about the the smaller markets or the the lesser known teams I guess you could say uh why do you think it's good for the NHL and why should the NHL be promoting that hey you know what outside of the quote-unquote non-traditional areas we have these great teams that are being played or great these great games that are being played outside of those big quote-unquote teams like why is you say it's intriguing but why is this important for the NHL and why do others need to recognize this
0: yeah, no, I, absolutely. I, I, I mean, just for the markets, the fan bases are unbelievable. I mean, there's not a louder building than Carolina, but in particular for Florida, now they've got a fan base. Now they've got a core group. They've got people excited in their team. And that for me, it, I don't. I think it's better than uh, you know having a bigger market. I know it is what it is as far as whether it's New Yorks or the Chicago's or whoever it may be, because. Ratings seem to be a little bit better, but if you're a hockey fan, I, I think this should be great. I, I can't wait to watch this. is, like I said, intrigues me and is exciting for me as a passionate hockey fan mm-hmm. in general. And yes, being a former player to watch these two teams and, and see what's going, to, what's going to transpire here. But I just think it's great for the market's growth of our game, everything. And how do you promote it? you got two teams that deserve to be where they are and two teams that have excellent fan bases that are hungry. Uh, to get to a Stanley Cup Finals. You know, the Canes have won a cup. Florida's been there once with the Cinderella team in 96. I mean, you got to promote a lot of things. And the star power on display, uh, like I said, Carolina's got the best defensive league. Florida's got uh, a, a Hart Trophy finalist, Matthew Kachuk, who could play the game any way you want it and Barkoff and a lot of star power as well. So, I mean, there's a lot of a lot of great factors going into this series and great players.
1: Hungry, grizzly bears, nasty. I, I think I'm, I'm picking up what you're putting down here, Ken, about what this the series is going to be like. Uh, here's a quick last question for you here on on Bobrovsky. The the way he's been since the Panthers went down 3-1 against the Bruins. I mean, he's just absolutely been shutting everything down. 7-1 record, uh, 943 save percentage in the Toronto series alone. What's it like playing with a, a goalie who's, who's on that kind of a hot streak behind you? What's it like?
0: Well, usually you don't get to where these teams have got without solid goaltending. Yeah, there's been times, and, and I would say Carolina insulates their goaltender as good as any team in the National Hockey League, so he knows where the shot's coming from because they take the middle away so well. They don't give up a lot of high-danger chances in the slot, and, and that that goes hand-in-hand hand with the goaltender, but the goaltender still has to make those timely saves. as far as the Florida Panthers. I mean, your guess is as good as mine because Wabrowski – uh, was lost for about three years, and all of a sudden he looks like the guy that won the Vezina Trophy four or five years ago with the Columbus Blue Jackets. So uh, a big reason why Florida is where they are, and certainly now they're kind of probably in their own. Bob is back. This is the Bob we we knew many years ago, whether we played against him or something. <laughs> and uh, you know, but I'll never understand that how goaltenders are so up and down. I know it's a confidence thing. I know players go through adversity and ups and downs in their career. But, man, I mean, he dipped mightily, and somehow, some way, he found it, found it again, and the Florida Panthers certainly feel, feel pretty secure with their goaltending the way he has performed the last couple of rounds.
2: That's Ken Denico, NHL Network. Make sure you check him on NHL Network. Also give him a follow on Twitter, at MSG. Thanks for your time, and look forward to If you're coming down uh, for a series, let us know. We'll definitely love to meet up with you.
0: That would be great, guys. Best of luck to to the Hurricanes and their fans. It should be a great, great series, man.
2: Appreciate it. Ken Danico joining us here on the Heaser Automotive Group Hotline.
1: Are you ready for the big game? At the designery, we can help you arrange your kitchen in the perfect way to feed everyone coming over for the big game. I'm Dana Merrill, the owner of the Designery in North Raleigh. And I am True Merrill. The Designery Grand Opening. We're scheduled to open May 16th and do our grand opening party then. We're gonna be catering some food. We're doing some giveaways. We have a VR headset, an echo show, some kitchen gadgets, and some fancy knives. 12 to 2 p.m. Please stop by our showroom 3030 Wake Forest Road. That's the Designery. At the designery.com let's go ahead and go to hit it and quit it now trying to see what we're hitting and quitting here on 99.9 let's go ahead and get started with topic number one of hit and quit it hornets getting the second pick in the nba draft a good thing yes Dennis Cox, a bad thing. Well, also, yes, because you don't get Victor Wembanyama.
2: Yeah, but yeah you know it, it it is it's winners. it's funny because they always put out the the winners and losers of the, the draft lottery and things like that. Yeah. Winner: San Antonio Spurs. Loser: Everyone else, because yeah. you didn't get the number one pick. But if you're the Charlotte Hornets, you have to nail this one. I mean, it, you, you got... have to get this one right because you have one of the best young stars in Lamelo Ball miss a bunch of games, and they only played 36 games this past season because of. Ankle injuries broke his foot as well, but you have a young star like that, another lottery pick with P.J. Washington that you've taken a few years ago. Now, I know things kind of went off the rails with Miles Bridges and such, but man, you got to get this one right. Well,
1: you f- have to get this one right. Fortunately, I think they're in a much better position picking two versus like picking like five. Because well, I, I yeah. do Well, I mean, obviously, well, yes. Well, yeah. obvious. I mean, like, okay. Oh, but, no. You know what? The the seventh pick is actually no, the but, better but one. But what to I'm take. saying is, what I'm saying is, it's. I think it's harder to mess this one up because you're choosing between two very good players, I, I mean, Henderson and Brandon Miller. I don't know. We've seen a lot of number two picks fail. That's fair. That's fair. But I, in terms of number two picks, that would not fail. I think these two are going to be on the the higher caliber of that. It's just it's about fit what you want with your team. Do you want another guard to compliment uh, Lonzo that would be – or Lonzo, Lamelo. That would be a little bit more of a slasher type while Lamelo shoots on the outside. Do you want a wing who could, you know, grow into his length, grow into his frame, and be a great outside shooter, uh, be someone who can kind of play both ways? I don't know. It's just about your fit and what, I, who you think's better. To me – well, to me, it's all about you
2: just take who you think the best player is, regardless of their position. Okay. Because the Hornets are not in a position right now where they can go – well, we can take maybe the fourth best player in this draft because he fits our needs better because the way the roster is constructed, they just need to go take the best player. Interesting. Because they've they've done a terrible job with free agency. And, and here's something as well is that they are pressed against the salary cap too because of the Gordon Hayward contract, Miles Bridges being a restricted free agent again with his off-the-court legal issues going on right now. Who knows if they even bring him back? I don't know. They can clear up cap space by just not re-signing him, but they have a lot of stuff they got to do with their roster. But you got to get this one right.
1: I just think the difference—the difference between um, uh, Scoot and uh, Brandon Miller—are a lot less, and so you can lean more towards what the best fit is. I think that's the situation. I don't think one is clearly miles ahead better than the other.
2: I'll take your word on that. Mm-hmm. All, right, All right, let's quit that. Let's hit this.
0: I'm undefeated. Never lost.
2: ACC business meetings have been taking place this week down in Amelia Island in Florida, and there have been reports of apparently some contentious discussions going on behind closed doors in these meetings between some of the athletic directors And because we saw earlier this week the quote-unquote magnificent seven of the ACC, Florida State, Clemson, Miami, North Carolina, NC State, Virginia, Virginia Tech, basically – having lawyers try to comb through the grant of rights agreement that is holding the ACC together. Again, the grant of rights is the media deal that is keeping this conference intact and preventing schools from leaving the conference because the me- the grant of rights requires you to pay roughly about three years worth of revenue to the conference, so about $120 million as an exit fee, plus they get all of your media right deals through Twenty thirty six. Twenty thirty six. Yeah. So this is holding teams or holding schools together a lot, but nevertheless, the big point of contention or multiple points of contention, but it all stems down to money. Money. That's money, what money. it's all coming down to right now. Well, and ACC is trying to figure out how to, ways to generate. More money because right now they're far behind the SEC and the Big Ten.
1: 30 to $40 million a year.
2: And and, and, I, and I think. Potentially too, more down the line. Ex- I
1: mean, it's, yeah. Especially when those those different deals start to come into play. Yeah. Um, but I mean, I, I think look at it like, I mean, uh, if you, you said this earlier, and I agree, if there was a way to get out of it, the lawyers would have figured it out. They would have found already. it already. They would have figured it out. This has happened so often with so many different conferences and so many different schools. Someone would have figured it out already. Um, so I, I think that's a big part of it. But also, if if your if your issue is the revenue, you're not going to give up all that revenue to leave. So right now, I think it's just about how are you going to make it work in the moment. Yeah. All right. Here's here's something
2: I also want to get into on this. Yes. Is that okay? You want to try and get more money? You maybe like try and basically threaten your way. Yeah. To get to another, like, oh, if we can get out of the media rights, the grant of rights deal, we can go to this other conference. Someone's got to take you. That's true. That's the thing. And the only two conferences right now that are paying more than the ACC are the Big Ten and the SEC. And are you bringing enough value to those conferences for them to be willing to share their food with you? Because you have to be bringing enough monetary value to the conference in order for the everyone else in that conference to still be making the money that they're going to be making. Even if, let's say, for example, in the SEC, if they're paying out, I'm just going to throw out a number, 80 million dollars a year in media rights deals to all their member schools okay you already are bringing in Oklahoma and Texas so if you're going to bring in another school basically you got to be bringing at least 80 million dollars worth of value to the pot as well because guess what okay we can bring in a Clemson but if my if my share goes from 80 million to 70 million I'm having issues like yeah. we're having a conversation yeah because that's
1: a lot of money being taken off my plot. Well, it's still seventy million dollars. Yeah, but it's not eighty. Well, it's it's not like it's not like it's personally going to one person's pocket. No. They're running an entire organization. Yeah, you're you're this again, this this funds all of your athletic programs. Yes. So all
2: your Olympic sports and non revenue sports
1: that don't necessarily make
2: money. The non revenue that, that you gotta float those things somehow. So again, these conferences that they have to They have to go to a school and say, hey, North Carolina, we want you. Now, I think there are two major brands in the ACC that teams would go for or conferences would go for. It's North Carolina and Duke because they have have
1: national brand recognition. I think Florida State and Clemson would be up there, too, at least from a football perspective.
2: Well, here, okay, here's where I push back on that. Let me hear it. Push it back. Wh- why would the SEC want Florida State or Clemson?
1: Oh, which is because the, the schools currently in the SEC would be like, uh-uh, no, Exactly. No.
2: Exactly my point. Yeah. And, and like, it's already hard enough to win in the SEC. Why are we going to bring on Florida State and Clemson? Why would you do that? So that's my point. I was like, okay, Big Ten, it's hard enough to win football-wise in the Big Ten because you got Ohio State and all that, but – Okay, North Carolina is going to bring national brands. So does Duke. They bring national brands. But that I don't know. That, to me, I don't see all of a sudden 10 schools in the ACC have a landing spot in another power conference, I, or at least where they're going to make more money. Big 12 going to start pulling some of these schools? At, I'm at, sorry, are you going to make more money in a Big 12 media deal than what you're currently
1: on the ACC? That's a lateral move at best. At this point, I think it's stay at third. Don't fall below third in terms of conferences. I don't think they'll do that. But I digress. Uh, let's quit that. Hit this. For the game. Uh, EA Sports is letting FBS players opt in to a 2024 video game. And The EA yes. Sports representative confirmed to ESPN on Wednesday that the uh, it will be partnering with uh, facilitating collegiate athletics names and likenesses into the game, solving one of the major questions about college footballers' return, to The video game space,
2: uh, this is pretty cool. So, one of the big things with college football, and the reason why EA Sports with the NCAA football games had to stop doing it is because of licensing agreement. Because there, were yeah, people who were like, Hey, uh, you're basically creating a video game character off of my likeness and who I am, yep. and I'm not getting any money off it. That's not right. Okay, yeah, legally, you can't really do that, but it's be really cool that. Athletes would be able to opt into this, and and hey, you know, what? you can use my name, my image, my likeness in this video game, and I can collect residuals off of it. I, I think that's super cool.
1: Yeah, I I, I agree. I mean, it's it's it sounds like it'd be a complicated process, and that's part of the reason why they, they go. Uh, the, the ESPN article goes on to later say that, you know, it's they're going to make it as inclusive and equitable as possible. Um, you know, they, it's it's going to be hard to do. Everything because there are thousands of football players across FBS. So yeah, it's not like Madden or something like that where it's a little more limited and you know kind of what the roster is going to be ahead of time. Um, especially when it comes to like facial recognition software to make the players actually look like the players, make the quarterback for Alabama actually look like Bryce Young or whatever it might be. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, it's super interesting. It's it's so funny because I think so much of this name, image, and likeness, at least the modern iteration of this, started because of the you know NCAA football and that whole video game and and everything that kind of came from it. So uh, my thing is make the game good. Just make the game good. Like, give, give me a really solid, like, Hall of Fame type mode where I can, you know, create a player as a freshman and, and work my way up and get get a Heisman and, and do all of that stuff. Just make the game good, EA. That's all I'm asking. I don't think I'm asking too much. If it's anything like
2: it was NCAA 14, then it's going to be amazing says one of the best video games still out there. And I know people that still play it. People that still have an old Xbox 360 just to continue to play that game. All right, let's quit that. Let's hit this. You blew it! A little bit of NBA stuff here. We saw Lakers-Nuggets game one last night. Nuggets get the win over the Lakers. Big time triple-double from, from Nikola Jokic. 31-24. He's and the be- 14 assists. He's the best 31, player. 31 21, right?
1: 14. He, he's the best player in the world, right? Can we just say that? I know he didn't win MVP this year, but can we say that? I wouldn't argue against you. Like, Would you take Giannis? Sure. Would you take Joel Embiid, who Sh- hasn't made it to the conference championships his entire career?
2: Yeah. I mean, this is uh, it's pretty remarkable seeing him do that. That guy is, he's just different than everyone else. It, He's a truly a unicorn, yeah, out there, completely different than anyone else. Anthony Davis dropped
1: forty on
2: the other yeah, side. Yeah, that's it right. It, it was the, close, but the, not close enough. It,
1: the, Lakers, the Lakers seem to figure it out though in the fourth quarter. If they can carry that over into the next few games, I think they'll be just fine. But it's man, you're gonna you're gonna have to score a lot of points to keep up with the Nuggets just because of how good uh, Nikola Jokic is at just facilitating offense. He's a unicorn, truly. All right, let's go ahead and quit that and hit this. We'll stick with the NBA Heat versus the Celtics coming up tonight. Eastern Conference Finals, Game 1. No, not the hockey kind. The ones on the court. Uh, Celtics are huge favorites in this game. Uh, people are not giving the Heat a lot of respect. Uh, will Timothy Butler do it to him? Dennis Cox, what are your thoughts? I'd say yeah. You think so?
2: Well, here's the thing about, about Jimmy Butler and the playoffs. It seems like, and this is going through like stats and numbers and stuff where he puts up a massive game. The next game after that, there's a a little bit of a drop. Now, obviously naturally, oh, you're not going to score 45 points, whatever it is every night. But I'm talking a, a high scoring output where then next game he follows up with like 21 or 22, which is still good, but generally not by his standards. But I think the Celtics overall are just a better, deeper team. And it's interesting, actually, there's data being shown by, again, people following online uh stuff regarding basically how online trends of people are rooting for now i mean i know people are on twitter and things like that online are a much different or not a vast majority of the fan base but they are openly rooting for a lakers celtics final
1: i I don't know if i agree with that maybe i don't know i just i mean i'm, I'm a you know i was, I'm, was born in an Outside of LA, I'm you know a California guy. I'm, I'm a Lakers fan, but I just I don't know. I would be okay with a uh, bubble uh, playoff rematch. Shoot, I'd be okay. I mean, Nuggets Heat, Nuggets Celtics. Those would both be really fun. Finals. Oh yeah, but I okay. This is actual data. This is actual data. I know you're a numbers guy. Uh, okay. Take or, that for or, data. Or, or,
2: yeah, exactly. I I will
1: actually will take that for data.
2: All right. So here you go. Twitter info map shows that 46% of the United States are rooting for the Lakers to win the NBA title, plus people want to see Lakers Celtics
1: championship matchup. Huh. Jason Tatum, doing how many points did he drop in game 7? 51. That's crazy. 51. There are so many I mean I know there were so many people who were scoring high in the NBA regular season this I, year, but like it's continued in the playoffs. Like it's it's been wild to see. Ironically, you know actually
2: here in the in State of North Carolina, you know overall like this again a twitter twitter sure, sure. which again is a people minority on twitter, they're not real people they're they're not this team that the this state apparently rooting for Miami Heat i mean one of four states that's florida new jersey kentucky north carolina sure they're kind of in the nebulous area got bam out of bio bam
1: yeah that's fair the hometown kind of kind of vibe I,
2: That's interesting i find it i find it fascinating and fun